One in three kids is overweight or obese. Welcome to Kids Can, Healthy Kids, Better World, a podcast from Action for Healthy Kids. Hello and welcome back to Kids Can, presented by Action for Healthy Kids, a show highlighting issues children face daily and featuring conversations on how you can help the kids in your life. I'm your host, Rob Besegli. On today's episode, I'm joined by the Chief Philanthropy Officer at Kelanova, Stephanie Slingerland. Stephanie is responsible for leading and implementing the company's global food security cause platform, Better Days. She has led the planning and execution of the company-wide U.S. United Way campaign and is a member of the United Way Worldwide Global Corporate Leadership Advisory Council and the No Kid Hungry Leadership Council. Stephanie joins us today to discuss her role, the Kellogg Childhood Wellbeing Promise, as well as the role nutrition and healthy eating play in keeping kids happy and healthy. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephanie, and welcome to Kids Can. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here as well. And since we have, you know, we don't have an endless amount of time, I think we're just going to jump right into it. So I'd like to start by taking a moment to introduce you to our listeners. You've had an impactful career creating and leading initiatives to improve the health and well-being of Americans across the country. And Kellogg's and Action for Healthy Kids have partnered to support child health for more than 15 years now. We worked on school breakfast and all kinds of other programming together to support schools and families and child health and well-being in a variety of ways. And your position at Kellogg's, which as of yesterday, I should say, is now Kellanova or has been split, including a new company called Kellanova, uh, which we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, your position is Senior Director for Philanthropy and Social Impact. So my first question to you is, can you tell us a bit about Kellogg's longstanding work around philanthropy and specifically around how you approach these important efforts uh, from your leadership position? Sure, absolutely. So, so thrilled to be part of a company that, you know, has more than a century legacy of giving back as Kellogg Company. And now, as you as alluded to, we're we're known as Kellanova as of yesterday. But our founder, Mr. Kellogg, was really a visionary ahead of his time on multiple fronts, including his support for community. He actually gave away most of his wealth to support communities. And, you know, one of his great quotes, and I'm paraphrasing here, was about making the lives of children healthier and happier. And that's a vision that we continue to this day and will continue into the future as Kelanova. And we recognize as a food company the role we have to play, particularly in ensuring that people have sustainable and equitable access to food to support their well-being. So that's been a commitment of ours for like I said, over a century and one that we're going to continue uh, for the next century as Kalanova. Yeah, it's important work for sure. Since we're mentioning it, we might as well quickly address it. Just yesterday, literally, uh, it became official. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what happened yesterday in terms of Kalanova? Yes, yes. So yesterday was a transformational day in which Kellogg Company spun off its North America cereal business and created a new company called Kalanova with a focus on global international snacking and led by a great powerhouse of brands, many snacks we know and love, 
Pringles, Cheez-It, Nutri-Grain, Rice Krispie Treats, also great meal solutions with brands like Eggo, uh, Morningstar Farms. And then outside of the U.S., we're retaining the Kellogg's brands that you know, the cereal brands that many of us have known and love. And in the U.S., if you purchase those cereal brands, you'll be purchasing them from the WK Kellogg Co. So this is a really great opportunity for each business to focus on their core portfolios and help bring them um, into the next century, into homes for those who have enjoyed them for so many years and really accelerate the growth for both of those businesses. The key thing is that Kellogg's brand name that we all know, love, and trust is staying the same. So you will not see a change of the Kellogg's brand name on your packages. It's just the name of the company, Kellanova and the WK Kellogg Co. And I'm actually going to be with Kellanova and taking the role of chief philanthropy officer for that organization. Okay, so new title for you too. So a lot of changes uh, taking place on your end. So that's that's wonderful. Thanks for explaining that. So this is a perfect segue from your perspective. You play an important role in your new company. What is the role of a company like Kellanova when it comes to social impact? Yes. So our CEO, Steve Kahalane, said and continues to reiterate that you know, you can't do good business without doing good things for society. And so we really take that to heart. And the way that comes to life is through what we call our Better Days Promise. This was a strategy that was in place as Kellogg Company. And we're excited to accelerate our commitments behind the Better Days Promise as we move and look ahead as Kellanova. So the idea behind our Better Days Promise at the core of it is really about advancing sustainable and equitable access to food. We do that through four key areas. The first is how we nourish with our foods and bring enjoyment through our foods to help support people's well-being, not only their physical well-being, but their social and emotional well-being. The second piece of that is our commitment to hunger. So we're committed to reaching 400 million people by the end of 2030 with our food security initiatives. In the past, many of these initiatives looked like uh, the expansion of school breakfast programs. You alluded to that, Rob. Um, we've had a partnership with Action for Healthy Kids in expanding those programs. You know, we will continue to do that, but are also looking outside of sort of the breakfast occasion, whether it be after school meals, after school snacking, of how we can continue to expand that important work. The third spoke of that is our sustainability work. So making sure that we're good stewards of our natural resources as a company that has significant impact on climate change, which then, of course, impacts food systems, right? And so as part of that, we also have a commitment to working with farmers to ensure that they're using sustainable practices to help advance their yields and doing so in a climate positive way. And then finally, there's our commitment around equity, diversity, and inclusion, because we can do all of those things, but if we're not doing that in the right way and ensuring that we're you know, supporting equity, diversity, and inclusion, then we're not doing the right things, right? So we have a commitment around that as well. And all of that collectively is part of our Better Days promise. And we're going to reach 4 billion people by the end of 2030 through that collective commitment. We've increased our ambition from 3 billion to 4 billion as part of Calanova, and we're really excited uh, to take that into the future. So this is, again, a perfect segue. 
I'd like to talk a little bit about the history of the relationship between Kellogg's and Action for Healthy Kids. So I've worked in the nonprofit sector for almost 30 years now. And I have to be honest, I've never been involved in a partnership like ours that has lasted this long and produced as much important value for schools, families, and kids. So you've told us a little bit about the better days. So I'll, I'll make this one a little bit more personal. I know you've visited schools and seen our work up close. What have you learned about this child and school health work? And why is it important to you? And why is it important to your company? So I have a rather personal story that I often tell when people ask me that question. I had the privilege of serving as a reading mentor in one of our local elementary schools here in Michigan. It was a school that we supported through breakfast programs. So we ensured that every child there got breakfast every day um, because we know that for them to be successful, they have to start that day with a good, nutritious breakfast, right? And there was a little girl, she was in kindergarten. As I got to know her over my time of reading with her, you know, she shared some pretty serious things with me, things about challenges she had at home. She didn't live with her mom anymore. She lived with her grandma. She talked about their power being shut off regularly. She talked about not having food in the pantry. And, you know, I was struck by all the things a kindergartner has to face. And those are very adult things. No kindergartner should be worrying about whether they're going to have electricity or food. You know, they should be focusing on reading the books that we're reading, right? And learning and being a kid. And so... For me personally, I often think about the importance of that work. I think of that little girl and it really drives me to work with great organizations like Action for Healthy Kids to ensure that children have access to all those important things that they need to be successful. And certainly as a company, no child should have to face those things. And so that is really why we are focused on our Better Days Promise. We're focused on this important work to ensure that families have what they need to thrive. Yeah, that, that's an important story. Can you tell us how did it go with that student and how did your relationship, you know, how did your relationship end if it did end and and do you know where they are now? Yeah, so I, you know, it was sort of one of those situations where you're a buddy for a year and then, you know, you move on. But I know that, you know, she was able to continue to get important resources that she needed through that school and partly through the resources that we as an organization were providing. When a kid lays some of those heavy things on you, you can feel helpless. And certainly I felt that in the moment, you know, and as I sat back and reflected on it, I thought, well, the one thing that I know that I can do in my professional life is ensure that that child and her classmates get breakfast every day. And we're doing that. And then personally, I'm also privileged to serve on the board for our local United Way. And so I knew through our work with that organization, there was other wraparound services that I know we were providing to families to ensure that they had their basic needs met so that they could thrive as families as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, I knew that I was doing something, but still, even then, it feels so immeasurably small when you think about a kindergartner worrying about food and electricity. Right. Based on that experience and everything you've learned over the years, the different projects and programs that you've been involved in, what do you think is the role of a school when it comes to these kinds of safety net kinds of issues? Yeah, you know, for so many kids, 
school is the constant, the consistent, right? And they're there every day. They spend such a significant portion of their time there every day. So to create those resources that are, you know, for those those children and families to be successful and have access to them at school, I think that's so critically important. You know, I think, again, to my board service with United Way and, you know, you often hear feedback from families that if they're facing difficult financial circumstances or whatever it may be, it can be really difficult to navigate the system. You might have to go here for help or there for help. And, you know, if you're a, a family who's just working to try to, to get by, that can be very difficult to navigate. And most of those places are open, you know, eight to five. And how do you get from one place to another to help get those resources? But what's a hub that families who have kids can access? Schools. So if it's easy to help get those resources into a school you know, where families can easily access them. They're in and out of there often anyway because of getting their children and being engaged with their children. It seems like an easy place to help families get access to those important resources that they need. Yeah. So I'd love to ask you a question that relates to your expertise and corporate social impact and that kind of work. Why do you think the relationship between Action for Healthy Kids and Kellogg's, now Kellanova, has stood the test of time? Well, first of all, you're just doing amazing work. <laughs> and when you find a partner doing amazing work, you want to continue to partner together to advance that work. And that's certainly been the case with our partnership. I've always been struck by your team's ability to uh, get amazing results. And you dig deeply on issues and you, you peel back the layers, right, to get to root causes and root issues, and you follow through and you report on them year after year, and you can show a trajectory of the impact that you're making over time. And I think that's really important. And so we can look back on our 15-year history and look back at the impact that we've had, and our relationship has evolved over time. And being able to be in a relationship that can evolve over time based on needs of where you all are going as an organization and where we're all going as an organization and be able to still meet those shared goals that we have, that's been, that's a sweet spot that you you can you can get with those long-term partners, right? And I think that's part of the reason why our relationship has been able to sort of keep going after the, all of these years. Yeah. Well, I wasn't looking for the uh, promotional words about Action for Healthy Kids, but I do appreciate it. It's true, though. You deserve those words. Yeah, I appreciate that. And the other thing I've thought a lot about is that we're both focused on what's best for kids. And your institution and Action for Healthy Kids, of course, our mission is 100% focused on making sure that every kid has uh, healthy opportunities. So I've always thought the alignment between those goals for our organizations, you know, has has been the the bedrock of the relationship for a long time. So over the last couple of years, you've supported our work to create an online resource library that houses all kinds of videos and activities and tip sheets and more, both in English and Spanish, for schools, families, and kids. So even before I ask my question, I'll say thank you, because that work is important. Again, uh, and uh, only through your generosity are we able to do those kinds of things. But why is this kind of project important to you and to your company? 
And how does it align with Kelanova's philanthropic and social impact interests? So, you know, as as we talked about a couple of times, our partnership started out really focused on supporting the feeding programs, particularly breakfast programs for kids. And we've done this work for a long time. And, you know, certainly no partner can do the work alone. So we've worked with other partners in this space as well. But, you know, in the early years of our partnership, there was a lot of work to be done and we've come a long way, which is terrific. But it became clear as we continued to move down this work, particularly about, I don't know, maybe six years ago, there was opportunity to continue to support the feeding programs, but there was other things that needed to be done to help support um, that could go along with these programs, right? So, you know, we also worked with you on some of the physical activity. Um, We got to visit a great school and do morning exercise routine with the kids and really focus on sort of that physical well-being, um, which is important to us. As I mentioned, you know, well-being an important spoke of our work. And that includes, you know, the physical, social and emotional. So we sort of went, we got that nutrition piece and then we added on that, that physical, you know, activity piece. But one of the things that in visiting schools with organizations such as yours, we often heard from teachers is the benefits of these programs and the social and emotional piece that they bring along with them. Um, and we've actually done some research in the past couple of years globally. We, you know, kind of scanned the research. We talked to parents. We talked to, to, to children in our recent round of research that reiterates how really important these, these programs are to helping ensure kids are getting not only their physical needs met, but the social and emotional. They feel connected. They, they perform better in school families feel a sense of relief from getting these this support from schools. So as we've evolved our relationship, we were talking more about that social emotional piece. Schools need more resources around these things. Your team has been developing these resources, but they needed a place to be where they could be easily accessed, right? And based on what you had told us, um, they needed to be uh, available in Spanish in addition to English. So many schools needed those resources to be translated. So it was a natural evolution of where our partnership had been to support this great resource hub and digital library that you've created um, to make these resources more available to families and schools. Yeah, I think you're you're making some important points there too. One thing I've learned in working uh, on some of the programs we've done together and in many others over the years is that the issues facing kids are all interconnected. You can't say their physical health and their social emotional health are two separate things. They are one in the same, all interrelated. And so you need to have a really comprehensive approach to uh, to supporting families and schools, you know, and what they need to uh, to support their kids. So it's it's all interconnected, and uh, things like that resource uh, uh, library, which you can find on the actionforhealthykids.org front page or homepage website on our website. They're really important because they offer up open source materials that anyone can use to try to make some positive change in their own local community. So it's it's been wonderful to work on that as well. And I know the work continues on. So we were only just beginning. Uh, But I I would like to follow up on another thing you just said, which is about your new school breakfast study came out not too long ago. 
And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about it and uh, what you were seeking to learn by conducting that kind of study or, or how you, what you're seeking to learn just in general when you, when you do that kind of research. So basically, as I said, in visiting schools with you, you know, I was hearing all this anecdotal feedback from particularly teachers and administrators about the social emotional benefits of these programs. And so we sort of dug into the research that existed and we found a lot of research, of course, that points to the physical nutrition benefits of these programs. There was less so on sort of the social emotional piece. Yeah. Why do you think that is, by the way? You know, I think because people have just you think about consuming food, right? And you automatically go to that, you know, nutrition piece, right? And, you know, sometimes you just don't even think about it or maybe you take for granted the other pieces. I will say in the U.S., you know, we heard a lot from teachers and there was research that demonstrated this, particularly around reductions in behavioral inferences to for students, right? Um, Improved attendance, improved academic performance. There was a little bit of that piece of it. But the thing that interested me the most was, particularly for the the classrooms that did breakfast in the classroom where they're eating together in the classroom, students created a sort of bond and camaraderie during that time. Many teachers that I met with said, it's almost like having you know, family dinner, right? Everyone talks about the importance of family dinner and the bonds that creates within your own family. And they were observing that the students from like a friend and connection standpoint were creating those bonds by sharing these meals together in the classroom. And there just wasn't as much research that kind of pointed to that. And it's certainly not a lot outside of the globe because we support these kind of programs all over the world. And so for our next round of research, we went specifically to schools, to the teachers, as well as to families to sort of confirm if what we were seeing held true across the globe. And it certainly did in certain markets outside of the U.S. where nutrition is still so core and important because the lack of access is even greater if you're getting into, you know, really developing markets. And so that nutrition piece is still sort of the number one focus. But in more developed markets, so the U.S., um, U.K., we've supported programs for many years, Mexico, India, and some of these markets that have been doing them a little bit longer, these social emotional connections were really starting to, to emerge. And then in the latest round of research, we talked to the to children, too, and they confirmed, you know, they feel a connection um, more to their classmates and just how they feel more successful in, in school and all of these things. And so I think it just reaffirms. And the thing that we're sort of seeing from that is perhaps there's something for more developing countries as they continue to evolve and, and enhance their programs, there's there's lessons that can be learned from more developed markets, such as the U.S. and the U.K. And so, for example, we've even talked about this with your team, the great work that you're doing with this resource library. How can that potentially be taken outside of the U.S., that, that idea, that model, to more of these programs at a global scale? You're kind of getting to the next question I wanted to ask, but I'll, I'm going to ask it anyway because there, there's a particular part of the question that I think is important. What do you think these findings mean for the future of school breakfast programming? 
especially around this social emotional connection that you've been talking about? What do you think that means for the future? I think from an advocacy standpoint, often when we're advocating for, I think particularly in the U.S., for resources to support these programs, a lot of it is focused on the physical nutrition aspect of it. And I think this type of research can demonstrate the more holistic and well-rounded benefits of these type of programs is when we're thinking about the importance of them and the advocacy for these types of programs. But given everything the world has faced these last few years with the pandemic and climate crisis and lots of things, everyone is talking about the impact that's having on mental well-being. And it's hitting children hard. I mean, we've seen stories and, and research coming out about the impact that this is having on children and their mental well-being. So why not make sure to provide them these types of programs if it's proving to be beneficial and helpful, not only from a physical perspective, but from a social, emotional, to your point earlier, the whole well-being of a child. These programs impact the whole well-being of a child it's more critical than ever before with what these these kids are facing. Yeah, I appreciate that point too. Uh, one of our programs at Action for Healthy Kids called Connected is all about the social and emotional health of kids. And one thing that we've built into the program for many years is that healthy eating programming and physical activity programming are actually integral parts of a social emotional health program and vice versa. And so the point you're making, I think, is really important. Again, it's all interconnected and the research shows a little bit more every day. And even if a program like a school breakfast program has a small positive impact on kids when it comes to social emotional health, while also delivering positive physical health benefits, then my gosh, it seems like a win-win situation for us. So I appreciate everything you've just said. Yeah. In preparing for our conversation today, I read more also about your childhood well-being promise. And so starting in 2021, you rolled out this promise, which focuses on two things that we've been talking about, two key pillars. One, helping to improve access to nourishing, affordable, sustainable foods. And two, motivating kids to embrace well-being, including emotional aspects such as social connection, education and reading and physical activity. So can you tell us a little bit more about how that commitment factors into the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. A company like Kellogg before us, now Kellanova, we recognize how recognizable our brands are. And those brands can play a real role in helping to advocate around some of these important issues, right? So how can we leverage some of our brands to to be engaging in this space and advocate, you know, around um, activity and and all of these kinds of things? Now, I, admittedly, some of the programs that we have have moved to the WK Kellogg Co. And that's great, you know, as we think about the the Mission Tiger program that they've had over the years, which was really about um, reviving middle school sports and getting kids to be active. But, you know, we've got great brands within the Kalanova House of Brands as well that are doing some terrific work. Our Ego brand has been supporting specifically breakfast programs for kids for a few years now. Our Nutrigrain brand's got a terrific program that actually supports teachers and helping teachers have resources. 
you know, as you said, these uh, the digital library helps provide those kinds of resources to schools. And, you know, one of the things that we hear from teachers is that they have snack drawers, right? Because if the kids are hungry during the day, you know, they have a snack drawer to help ensure that they've got something to eat. So, you know, Nutrigrain's been playing um, a little bit in that space. And, you know, we've got other brands like RX Bar, um, you know, very focused on encouraging physical activity. So we just see that there's a great opportunity through these beloved brands to bring programs to life to engage consumers in this great work and help spread the word about it, right? Yeah, you talked at the beginning of our discussion here today about you put out there some huge numbers around the number of uh, people you're going to reach by 2030, I think you said. How are you doing against those objectives so far? Yeah, we're doing really well, which is part of the reason why we've accelerated the work, right? So for just example, for a lot of the work that I lead around our hunger programs, you know, our original goal was to reach 375 million people facing food insecurity by 2030. We're at 219 million reached since 2015. So we've accelerated that to 400 million by 2030. So we're really making terrific progress against those goals. And I would say the other thing that I do think sets our goals apart from some others that I have seen is that we are specifically including goals around how we're engaging people. So we have a goal on engaging people in this important work, as I was just talking about through our brands, through partnerships with customers. You know, when I talk customers, I'm talking about the Walmarts and Kroger's and retail customers of the world and bringing stuff to life in store, thought leadership platforms and opportunities, digital activations, and our employees. We have a real commitment and our employees are very passionate about Um, supporting this work and volunteering and and getting out in the community as well. I know you've brought many of our employees to schools to help bring bring the work to life for students. So uh, very passionate and committed. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's one of my favorite things to do is to to head to a, a community with a group of caring, either parents or community members and see what we can do to help out a little bit. Uh, so it, it's really one of those things that I always look forward to, including with the, the Kellogg's crew, uh, which has been great over the years. So unfortunately, we're running, or we're getting close to the end of our conversation here. I wanted to ask you about that question because I have seen some of the uh, commitments you've made and some of the progress that you've made over the years, and uh, it's quite impressive. And there's a lot more work to be done. So I'm looking forward to see what happens over the coming years with your work as well. We've now worked together for, I can't tell you how many years, several years. So I know that you're passionate about the work that we're doing together. Looking ahead, what are some of the goals and aspirations you have for the future of Better Days and the childhood well-being promise or for your company in general? As Kellogg Company, we really were a leader in advancing breakfast programs for kids. We had been supporting breakfast programs for kids in the UK for more than 20 years. And we've really been seen as a leader in this space. Now as Kelanova, we're a global snacking powerhouse, so we're really led more by our snacks portfolio. But that just means that now we have an opportunity of looking at spaces that perhaps we haven't quite yet tackled and becoming a leader in those spaces. And I think one of those is really in after-school meals and after-school snacking. One of the other things you often hear from educators is, 
okay, great. We now got our breakfast program. We had our lunch program. Now we've got our breakfast program in place. But these kids are eat, eat, leaving school and not eating again until they come back for breakfast. They might go from lunch all the way to breakfast the next day without something to eat. And that's just not acceptable. And so I think a next horizon to tackle is really around after school meals and after school snacking. And, you know, that can come to life in a variety of ways. But I would love to be seen now as the leader in tackling that space next and ensuring that kids have three meals to eat every day. And then, of course, you've got the summertime when schools aren't in session. And we do a lot of work around summer programming as well. And so continuing to enhance that piece of it is really important to me as well, because, you know, kids aren't in school all year round. Well, I wish you the best of luck with with that, because I'm sure most people know this uh, just intuitively. But sometimes I think we, we forget that the only route to resolving some of the issues that we're facing as a society, including the child health issues that we're facing as a society, is to make sure and to engage the organizations that have the resources to make a difference and your company happens to have the resources to make a difference. And so every time you make a commitment that is uh, for the betterment of child health and well-being, I'm rooting for you and hoping that all goes as well as possible. So I'll, uh, we'll end it with a, an aspirational question. One last one. What is your greatest wish for children and youth? I just want children to be able to have the opportunities to, to be what they want to be. You know, that was one of the things I loved most about when I did, I mentioned the reading mentoring that I did. And you go into schools and you hear, I want to be a teacher. I want to work at the aquarium. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's so important to me that kids have the ability to to do what they want to do and not be discouraged in that. And, you know, the last thing, you know, they need is to be hungry And they're not even thinking about what they want to be when they grow up. They're thinking about their belly rumbling. That's not that's not what we need. And so I'm just very committed to that professionally and personally, you know, in addition to some of the work that I do, I'm, you know, I'm also really engaged with my alma mater, Western Michigan University, so that when students kind of graduate, that they also then can move on to college and continue the the goal and the vision that they have to be what they want to be. You know, I just want to be able to look a kindergartner in the eye. And if they say, I want to be a scientist, I want to be the president, then I want to be able to say, you have what you need to make that happen. And as you know, I'm wishing you well in the last regard, too, because my daughter is a freshman at Western Michigan University. Uh, and so hopefully your dream will come true for her. She also is able to you know, accomplish her goals. So I'll say to wrap this up, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for everything that you do in support of our child uh, health mission. It's all very, very important work. And a good luck with the new company, Kelanova and all of the programs that will continue on or be built going forward. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me and looking forward to continuing our partnership. I want to say a big thank you to Stephanie for joining us today to discuss some of the child nutrition programs Kelanova is spearheading and providing across the country. Remember, you can always find more information by visiting our website at actionforhealthykids.org or checking us out on Instagram and Twitter. 
If you're enjoying the show, please rate and leave a review so more people can find us or check out some of our past episodes. I'm Rob Bisegli, and thanks for listening to Kids Can from Action for Healthy Kids. Thank you.